goes onto the road because they're the the oh yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to episode 51 of the Long Snapper podcast. If you've been here before then welcome back. Thanks as always for downloading and you'll be pleased to hear that we'll be carrying on with our usual blend of NFL based nonsense and ill-informed opinion mixed with ranting and general hatred of seemingly everything. And if it's your first time then welcome um, and do enjoy our flawless analysis, upbeat personalities and well-rounded take on all the things from the National Football League. With a dash of fancy thrown in for good measure. Um, with Craig still off doing actual important things that actually matter and, and go well, fellow, with thinking of you. I'm Mark and I'm in the hot seat for today, but fear not, um, because here to save the show, I'm joined by Dougie and Adam. How's it going, fellas? All good, mate. All good. I'm uh, recovering from a Twitter onslaught today. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen you've been, you've been busy. It's described by some as trolling. How would you react? Uh, I would argue that the person that described that as trolling would uh, be best served actually backing up his trolling opinion with actually making comments on the subject. <laughs> I think we'll uh, I think we'll get into this a bit later, boys. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, Adam, you all good? Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine, thank you. I'm looking forward to an upbeat upbeat chat where we all completely agree with each other. Yeah, yeah, Dale's fun. finger firmly up your bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if you could just take Goodell's finger firmly out of your bottom for a second, because uh, usually we start with a quiz. And as it's my hosting debut, I'm not about to mess with the format. So, Adam, it is over to you. What have you got for us? Well, everybody, you may have seen the legend that is William G. Stewart's passed away last week. Um, a lot of people I know didn't know who he was, but I certainly know who he was. Um, he presented the the show 15 to 1 for many years and what a great show uh, that was what a great show indeed one of my old geography teachers went on that show and um got to the one before the three that get into the final and uh, we all took the piss out of him that's not very nice no, but i can imagine he, he deserved it <laughs> fair enough well i don't know how we would have Mr. Devine, this. if you're listening you're still a prick <laughs> <laughs> um basically it's there's only two of you so it's going to be a bit simple. I'm just going to throw you... <laughs> one of those 15 to 1 quizzes that had two people in them. Yeah. Um, I was looking forward to watching you all screw each other by nominating people. But when there's two, it doesn't really work. You can only nominate each other. So it's yeah. it's just going to be alternate questions and they're going to be quick fire. You have three lives each, as you may remember on the show. Uh, the first person to lose all of their lives loses. So it's it's basically... There's a loser rather than a winner compared to a normal quiz. Um, anybody like to start? I'll start. You're an idiot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a clear advantage in going second. Why? Surely I can nominate Doug. Um, no, you're going to get a question immediately. Oh. Um, right. your, your braveness is not going to be rewarded. Oh. Um, I'm going to be quite strict on how long I'm going to get you to think about these. Um, the idea being quick fire. So, Three lives for Mark and three lives for Doug. Uh, cue the theme tune. Um, your first question, Mark. Which team moved from the AFC to the NFC when the divisions were reorganised in 2002? I know this. <laughs> yeah, it's always easy when you know someone else's question, isn't it? Um, from the NFC to the AFC. The, a the AFC to the NFC. AFC to That's the a NFC. Good, uh, good start with the listing. We're going to have to hurry you, as I say, this is quick fire. 
Um, is it the? Is it the? Good old quick fire quizzes. It is the Seahawks. Um, shit. I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get stricter on this. Oh yeah. No, he's. Yeah. All right. Doug, Doug, where did the Lions play prior to moving to Ford Field in 2002? Silverdome. I'll give you that. Pontiac Silverdome. Um, Mark, who is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, um, it's 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 totally gone. I want to say I want to say Jim Irsay. Is it Jim Irsay? You would be correct. It's Jim Irsay. Well played. Uh, Doug, which is the only NFL team that Aaron Rodgers hasn't beaten? Ah, mm. Come on, you've got to get that. Because oh, I've got a feeling. Oh, I, I mm. come back to me on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure this is accurate. Okay, so I'd imagine it's an, an AFC team because they play them less often. Would it be the Chiefs? <laughs> No, it wouldn't. Uh, it would be the Green Bay Packers. Oh, you dick. That's not an answer. Yeah, because it was, it was the Bengals, <laughs> wasn't it, until they beat them. The Bengals week. he beat at the weekend. It was the last one. Um, that's, that's a, a that's trick a question, trick man. Question. It, was a li- it was a little bit, but I'm, uh, I'm fine with that. Um, Mark, how many teams made up the NFL between 1999 and 2001? Um... William G. Stewart was never this patient. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not very patient. 30. Incorrect. Uh, 31. You lose a life. You're both on You're both on two. Uh, Doug, in how was which... It, how was it 31? It was 31. Yeah, it was random, three years. Random shit, wasn't it? Every, oh. every week there was at least one team had a bye week. Um, Dougie, in which US state do the Carolina Panthers play? North, North Carolina. Correct. Mark. Yes. Who is the current Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator? I have absolutely no idea. Nor do the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have absolutely no idea. Can I have a guess? Um, uh, no, I, 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 um, no, I don't know. Down to one life. It was, uh, was. <laughs> I think it still is, unless... Unless anything's happened today and I've missed it, it's Greg Williams, the lovely man. Oh, is it? That's where he is now, big big shit. (laughs) Doug, um, did Jeff Fisher win or lose more games as a head coach in the NFL? Definitely lost. Yeah, by a mile. Incorrect. No way. I knew it. One games than he lost. Uh, you've got, you've got you, one I'm not, having, I'm not having that at all. I love that he's got it wrong, but there's no way one more game than he lost, surely. The numbers don't lie. Um, one one life apiece. The next the next to get it wrong will lose. Um, Mark, which team play their home games at Everbank Field? Um, that is the um, Jaguars. It is indeed. Dougie. Yeah. Which former Washington head coach is also a NASCAR team owner? No, that's going to end the quiz. It was Joe Gibbs, uh, I'm afraid. So, you got uh, the easier quiz. You got the easier questions there, Mark. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. And I had the disadvantage of going first, Doug. Play me my fucking music. <laughs> it's been a bit too common, you winning this quiz. <laughs>
Sorry, I'll do it next week. How about that? So then I'll give someone else a jump. Okay. Uh, if you can, as you can, as you can all or already hear, this is this is pure comedy gold. And if you want to hear more of this, then you can find us on Twitter at the uh, Long Snap Pod on Facebook. Don't bother with Facebook; we never bother. Um, Seriously, you can, don't bother. Yeah, don't bother. We've got a website. We're on www.longsnapperpodcast.wordpress.com, um, and catchy. you can find us on yeah, catchy. And you can find us on SoundCloud or go and find us on itunes as well and look be a love if you do find us on itunes subscribe and leave us a nice review doug has told me that he's going to buy everyone a beer that subscribes this week which i thought was really generous of him that was that was good why why by the way do we always plug itunes and soundcloud surely if they're listening to us they know how to do it not necessarily They, they might just be listening through the link on the twitter page okay which is soundcloud or itunes it's, it's a link. It doesn't, take, another way. doesn't take you off Twitter. Just okay. It's a direct link on Twitter. I, I anyway. use the podcast app, by the way, if you're wondering. When I listen to this podcast, no, no one's wondering. <laughs> anyway, look, we're, we're going to move on to week three. What a week it was, boys! Um, I thought it was amazing. But look, we've got to touch on something briefly because it seemed like over the weekend the whole of America went mental um, for a couple of hours. The, the, if you've missed it, and I doubt you have, Trump, Donald Trump made a couple of comments at a rally in Alabama and then backed it up with a couple of tweets um, about NFL players calling them sons of bitches and how he wanted owners to go and fire people. And on Sunday, pretty much the entire of the NFL responded in protest. We saw, we saw teams linking arms, taking knees and stretching during the national anthem and some teams even choosing not to come onto the field at all. Um, we're not a political podcast. We're never going to pretend to be not in a professional capacity anyway. And so I thought let's, let's have, let's talk about it. Let's get out of the way and let's move on to things that really matter. What, what were your thoughts on what went down on Sunday? Well, it does matter um, not to, uh, not to belittle this, this issue. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's much I can personally add to what people have seen already. Really? Um, I think it's, the pictures, the actions have, have told their own story. Um, it does seem that the NFL is, is now quite united against Trump, um, which is perhaps something that needs to happen. Um, a lot of misinformation has been flying around about this. Um, if you don't understand it, just just Google it. <laughs> Basically, um, it's quite clear. It's it's perhaps wasn't initially when Colin Kaepernick uh, first knelt for the national anthem, uh, but it's now very clear why they're doing it. Um, that's yeah i don't have much to add really um we're here to largely as mark says we're here to talk about the the football that's going on um you know it's it's perhaps going to get a bit more painful before this gets better and goes away uh, but that's that's the world we live in with donald trump as as us president yeah i mean i find it difficult to really understand why as an as an Englishman and the way we do our stuff here, I mean the lads don't like. You look at the England football team; they look like they'd rather be doing anything else you know, than standing for the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. If if you could find them a jacuzzi to be sat in with a with a vodka martini and a and a high price whore, they'd probably all be in there while the anthem was playing on. But 
in America, some some people believe it means a bit more. I think it's I think it's a load of old nonsense, really. And and people are exercising their right to protest, and that's fair enough. Um, what neither what either side doesn't really realise is that their their messages are getting drowned out, <laughs> like they're getting drowned out just by idiocy, and. Uh, I've also you can't, seen, you I've can't also argue with stupid, and unfortunately, there's a lot of stupid that has a, a very loud voice in America. I don't know if you've seen the videos of fans responding to responding to what their teams are doing by burning their season tickets. It's been very I, mixed, I, hasn't I, it? The response from the fans. Yeah, I just just can't believe my eyes. Really, there's no way a person's burning a season ticket. There's just no I've, way. I have watched a video of. A I'm Colts sure you have, but I guarantee it wasn't his season ticket. And guarantee he probably spent about 15 minutes making a mock season ticket. <laughs> I bet you that son of a bitch will be in the crowd on the Sunday. <laughs> I burned my he, ticket. Bit, it weren't my ticket, though. Were my ticket. I love he Trump. Didn't, he didn't look clever enough to think of making a fake season ticket, if I'm honest. I, I'm, yeah. I believe it. I think, I think Shannon Sharp said, said it right. I don't know if you boys have seen, have seen the video, but... On um after the after the whole thing had gone down on Sunday, he had some thoughts where he was like, "Look, you know, if you're going to protest, protest. That's fair enough, and you're perfectly within your rights to do that. But why is it that's this that's brought you to this point? Donald Trump has said some ridiculous shit in the time since he's been president. He's called you know white supremacists good people. He's backed Vladimir Putin to a hilt. Yet he comes out and says that he thinks some owners should be should be firing players, and all of a sudden." The, the NFL is up in arms about it. How is it that this is the line that Trump has crossed and, you know, they don't say anything about anything else that's going on? The whole of the NFL getting involved, it seems like it's, it seems a little much to me. It's, I think it's validation and the players are, uh, who have wanted to protest but haven't done it out of concern over maybe potentially losing endorsements or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they now see it as well. You know, it's like the floodgates have opened, and they feel like they can do it and and not be vilified for it or not be, you know, thrown under the bus for it. It's interesting that not many quarterbacks are openly are openly doing it. I thought the most most teams were out there. Some players were kneeling, some weren't. I noticed at Wembley, um, about a third of each team were kneeling. I would say, um, they all stood up for God save the Queen. By the way, afterwards. Uh, but the what the Steelers and the Seahawks and the Titans did, I thought was probably a bit smart, was the entire team stayed in the locker room. So it it wasn't obvious to anybody who would have knelt, who would have stood up. Um, they were just doing that as a, a unified gesture. Uh, it meant that players weren't singled out. If you, uh, Other than a silly thing that Eric Decker's wife came on and said. Um, but it sort of, I think it, was perhaps the best way to do it for the weekend. Um, it made it about the issue rather than about the individuals themselves. Um, one one thing that shouldn't be lost in all of this is that Donald Trump once owned an AFL franchise. Did he try and buy an NFL team as well? He tried stage? to buy an NFL team and was uh, cop blocked. So yeah, <laughs> old uh, you know the frog faced Trump has got a got a beef in, beef with the NFL going back many many years. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise that he would take a swipe at him. 
Anyway, boys, I think it's t- I think it's time to move on. Um, I reckon we've covered Trump enough, and fair enough, make your protest, but let's get back to the football. Just quickly, Adam- and this will take us back to the football, I'll tell you where Donald Trump crossed the line, and that's where he said, Tom Brady, he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where everyone kneeling. should have protested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that. Uh, right, so look, week three was in the books. Um, what what about the best way for the NFL to respond to all this bollocks, obviously, was to produce one of the most memorable rounds of game I've, uh, games I've seen in a hell of a long time. I don't know what you guys made of it. How did you watch it unfold and what did you reckon? Well, I watched the second half of the early games, having finished work uh, at, at London Irish, drove home, got back in time for pretty much by the time the kids were in bed for the half-time half time breaks. And then I fell asleep at halftime of the late <laughs> game. So I watched half of two sets of games. I did watch all of Thursday night though, which was a pretty decent game. Yeah, well, uh, yes, certainly was. And it's almost been forgotten in the drama that unfolded on Sunday that probably one of the best games of the season so far, if not the best game of the season so far, happened on Thursday night. I think it was a thrilling game. I don't think there was all that much quality. There were a lot of mistakes that made it exciting. In ex- excitement levels, yeah, completely agree. Doug's just uh, filling Doug's up his... Uh, play roulette or something like that? Change. Yeah, it could be. Could be. <laughs> um, and look, um, I, don't, I don't want to spend too long on, on something um, because in a day of great games, this wasn't one. Um, so a game happened in London. Adam went, the Ravens got dicked. We're going to move on. And never speak of it again. Absolutely. So I, I want to start it um, in Detroit. Um, boys, the Falcons remain 3-0, but I've not really got any idea how. Um, I, can some of you guys explain to me the rule that cost the Lions even the chance to win this game? What what went on there? I'll, I'll explain it. And I will I will start by saying that... Are you going to explain it or are you going to tell me why it's actually, if it's a good rule or not? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to be more objective than that. I, the rule's enforced correctly. I'll explain why the rule exists as well. Um, essentially, for... For those who missed it, um, Golden Tate had a, a touchdown taken off the board right at the end. Um, didn't matter the down it was because there were eight seconds left on the clock. Uh, the, the touchdown got reviewed um, correctly. Uh, Golden Tate had his knee down with the ball on about the one-yard, half-yard line. Just um, as an aside, why isn't there a serial called Golden Tate? <laughs> <laughs> how, do you know, uh, how do you know there isn't? Well, I'm just saying... Gap in the market, Doug. Hit, hit me go, up, go, Kellogg's, go if it. you want more ideas. <laughs> Tra- trademark that quick. <laughs> so, eight, eight seconds were left on the clock. There's, the rule is that in that situation, um, if a team is out of timeouts, um, obviously the, the pass wasn't incomplete. He didn't go out of bounds. Uh, the clock would continue to run normally. Uh, the rule for this situation is that 10 seconds are taken off the clock. Then the teams can get ready as quickly as he can. This is a relatively recent thing um, in the scheme of the NFL, and it does make some sense to me. I, I could, I will also say, if I was obviously if I was a Detroit Lions fan, I'd be quite angry, um, rightly or wrongly. I get that, um, but the rule was brought in to stop that situation happening, where the offensive team would then have an unfair advantage with when the clocks then reset and we say, right, we're ready to go, instead of the players all being where they were doing their blocks, where they were tackled. You know, the, the QB might be 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. There might be receivers downfield. Um, instead of them being all over the place, suddenly the players are waiting around near the line of scrimmage ready to go. 
if you don't take that 10 seconds off the clock, it's an unfair advantage the other way. So they, they had to draw a line somewhere and say, right, how long does it actually take players to rush back to the line of scrimmage in that situation? Um, so say, for example, Golden Tate had been ruled down at the half-yard line in that game. It would have been down to, there would have been eight seconds left on the clock. It's arguably doubtful that the Lions would have been able to get another snap out in that time. So if you look at it from the other perspective, I actually think it's it's the it's the right rule, it's the right call. Um I in the heat of the emotion of the situation, you think you've scored a winning touchdown. So I, I completely see why you'd be very upset, but you you rationalise all of it. Had the reverse happened, I think the the, the Falcons would have been in the same spot. Doug, I know you had some thoughts on this. What do you reckon? I, well, look, I, I think the, the thing that isn't being discussed is that Golden Tate was never actually tackled. He, he was brushed while in contact with the ball while diving to make the end zone. By, by rule, that's... Yeah, it's a contact. stupid rule. That's not a tackle. I think there's a couple of things here as well. Like what when he was actually when his knee hit the ground, if that is technically end of play, then there was a good eleven seconds on the clock at that point, not the eight by which they'd finished the full move and then they decided that it needed review. Um I think there were so many things with this call that made it questionable. Um it, it's such a grey area and I can't understand how you can even deny a team the chance when there's there's so much grey on, on a call like that and in such an important time. I think I think you, you made a you point. You have there. to draw the line somewhere with I, this. You you I think by nature of sorry, go on. I, I think Mark's made a point in that the the actual crux of the issue is that the officiating's been absolutely woeful at the start of the season and it needs to needs to improve and, and, and the officiating's woeful because a lot of the rules leave grey areas. Yeah. Like go like for me well, okay, rushing okay, somebody in the process of diving for a catch is not a tackle. That, that isn't a tackle. A tackle should be deemed when you stop somebody's momentum. Now, Golden Tate could have got got up following that tackle and just put the ball across the line. There was no actual. You, there was no if actual. You changing, if you start changing that rule, you're then in the realms of PI calls. It then becomes. Well, yeah, I mean, you look down at the PI calls there this week. There was a bloke, two, a receiver and a DB running down the field. They get their feet tangled up. The receiver falls over and he gets he gets a pass interference call. That's not pass interference. That's just legs getting tangled. But the the nature of that rule means that it's called on the field. It's not reviewable because opinion can dictate. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that was the right call. Of course, it wasn't, but. Um, certain rules the NFL decide that can be reviewable because there's no opinion. It's like like the golden tape being tackled. Okay, he's brushed, therefore it's a tackle. Um, you make that change, you open yourself up to a lot of a lot of debate about well, where's the line between touching a player with your with your fingernail and actually right. giving him a so, so here's here's something about that tackle. Then say he doesn't get tackled. Right, say nobody touches him. He goes to the floor. Yeah, he gets yeah. up and drops a ball. That's an incomplete pass. It's pen- well, it's either an incomplete pass or a fumble, depending on right. how 
how far he's gone with it. So the fact that somebody's had their hand on him while he was still mid-air diving for the pass, that makes it a tackle. So, that, so a catch goes on after the process of the catch, right? My point is, to complete a catch, you've basically all momentum's got to stop and you've still got to have control of the ball. But to complete a tackle, all you've got to do is brush someone while they're in possession of the ball. Well, that's not a tackle. Definition of, that is not the definition of a tackle. That's touch, which is absolutely what the NFL isn't. I don't, I don't disagree with the sentiment. I, I'm just saying that I think it would be quite hard to... My, my gut feeling is if you start to change what is a tackle you'll have a lot more controversy than you do now. That's just... Okay, so, so a tackle when you're running the ball is forward, prog- forward progress is stopped, right? Yeah. Right, Golden Tate's forward, proce- forward progress was not stopped by that. It's No, no, it's but it, it, a, a tackle can be when forward progress is stopped. You know, the situations where the player doesn't go down and they're not going anywhere else... Um, I just think I, I just think it's, it's it was a stupid rule, a stupid call, and it ruined the game. For me, I, don't, I just don't see how you can end a game like that. You know, no, no, to to play for that length of time and get that close and to have yeah. it taken away by some bullshit rule. Yeah, and considering it was the officials calling it wrong is what meant that they didn't even get the chance to have a go. You know, if, if he stops on the half-yard line and he knows that he's not got in, at least the Lions have got a chance to line up and get a playoff quick to try and win the game. But the officials the officials call it wrong on the field, and that costs them the chance. That doesn't seem right to me. What's what's the answer then? How do you... which Forget the, tack, forget the tackle for a moment. Let's just assume it's a... That's probably another, another debate. But at, let's say... He's brought down at the one yard line after review. You don't have if you don't have the ten second runoff. What do you do? I think uh, Matt Stafford should just throw the ball in the end zone in the first place. <laughs> yeah, Golden Tate should <laughs> run his route five <laughs> yards deeper. Anyway, look, look on the, the game itself. I, I mentioned that the Falcons are, are still three and zero. Are you convinced by them at the moment? Yeah, I think um, that. They were probably a bit unlucky with because Matt Ryan threw what three interceptions? Uh, yeah, three interceptions. three interceptions. Only a seventy-seven point, um, only seventy-seven QB rating. Yeah, I think just a couple of the interceptions were a bit unlucky. There were a couple of tip balls, and it it didn't feel. I don't. I think they played pretty well. I think I called it as the best game of the six o'clock slot with those two offenses. I, I haven't changed my view of either team really I think they're they're two very exciting offences how how good would the uh, would the Lions be if they had some kind of running game <sighs> yeah. are they a contender if, are they a contender if they've got a decent running back you're going back six years since they've had a decent running back well probably since Barry retired Barry Sanders <laughs> yeah. and they and, <laughs> and there was plenty on the waiver wire this year it's their own fault Adrian Peterson would do well there yeah, that's why it's a, it's a decent shout. They could, I mean, Amir Abdullah, 14 attempts for 47 yards. The next best running back's Matt Stafford. Um, and the Lions just seem to keep finding ways to to lose games. It's What is it about them? Um, they they feel like they should be better than they, than they are. I think their problem is they take too many games too deep. They don't win games. They don't kill games off. You look at the yeah. amount of games they've... The amount of fourth quarter comebacks they've had in the last year yeah, yeah. is outrageous. 
They just need to kill off a game or stop starting slowly and actually just, um, you know, put a team to the sword for once. Yeah, it does feel like they have 16 games every year that are decided by fewer than a touchdown either way. It does feel like that, you're right. Yeah. Another another team that lost their um, unbeaten record this this year so far was the Pittsburgh Steelers. We, we've seen this before from them. Last year, they, they seemed to struggle a little bit offensively, didn't really click in the, the beginning of the season. But I don't think many people called them um, losing to Chicago. We've, so we've obviously seen it before from the Steelers. What do you reckon is going on? Doug's playing roulette again. Are you going to your mini bar, Doug? Yeah. Nice. Literally, um, I was just icing some beer. <laughs> nice. Can you um, call reception and get them to deliver an Irish coffee to your room at 2am? <laughs> Can I answer? <laughs> Can I have a hot egg, please? <laughs> a present of crisps. <laughs> and cooked meat. <laughs> So, um, so the any time in the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> so Big Ben, one TD, not a huge amount going on there. Um, I dropped him in a league this week, in a fantasy league. Picked yeah, up the Sean Watson and dropped in our long snapper league. And what's so? What's going on with Pittsburgh at the moment, boys? I look, I think a problem with a lot of these teams is they don't take preseason seriously. So the offences can come in undercooked. And what I think you'll find is as the season progresses, that offence will warm up. Um, You've got no worries for them? No, no. There's too much talent on that team to to, to worry about right. them. I, like I say, I just think that, you know, these teams complain about having to play pre-season, but then they complain that then the, the whole league complains about you know, offense is not working right. Defense is being undercooked. Well, take take preseason seriously. Then get your quarterback out there for more than one quarter. You know, <laughs> don't expect your offense to be working on all cylinders if you haven't played in game scenarios up until week one, minute one. You know, it's not. It's I don't know. It doesn't seem that, sensible that, to me. That's why we see so many weird results in the first couple of weeks of the season. Weirdly, this week seems just. Crazy, crazier than most. I mean, if, if you are top of any kind of pick'em league, you actually don't deserve to be after that week. If you if you picked all the games correctly, you're an idiot. There were just so <laughs> many. Well, no, you are. I mean, if you pick the Bears to win and the Bills and the Jets, I mean, come on, you'd have got good money on those three, wouldn't you? You would. That would have been that would have been an accumulator to end all accumulators, wouldn't it? <laughs> Although having you know, we, we talk about the Bears being a, being a given almost in the league sometimes, but you look at their you look at their um, their two headed beast at running back now, Tariq Cohen and, and Howard. That's a pretty lethal combination right now, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think the Bears have been as bad as a lot of people thought. Um, I, d- I don't think Mike Glennon's bad, actually, as it goes. Um, their receiving core has significant issues. Um, well, their, yeah, their, main, uh, their main receiver in this game was Howard, and then next was Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was it. After that is Benny Cunningham with twenty-three yards. I read an article about um, backs in the vein of Tarek Cohen, and uh, it, it, there's this new sort of breed of running back, and they're, they're calling them the air back. So they're a running back whose primary function is receiving. So you look at right. Tarek Cohen, you look at. Um, uh, Theo Riddick, that kind of player. Um, Alvin Kamara's doing it at the Saints. 
you know, players who are nominally running backs but are actually just receiving receivers standing next to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, Would you classify Cohen as one of them? Yes. Yeah, his primary role is receiving, and that's why when he does have lot, when he does have when he breaks off a run, they're usually very long <clears throat> because defenses are keying on the receiving element of his game and they're not really focusing on the run. When they see him come out on the field, they see they see pass. And that, you know, they're usually in nickel and there's opportunities for a run. I think that I think that's what you're seeing a little bit with um any number of backs. I think that's what you're seeing a bit with Tyreek Hill as well. You know? Yeah. I I felt that Watching Arizona on Monday night, um, watched almost all of that game, and uh, they used David Johnson a little bit like that, or they they obviously did until he went down. Yeah. Um, they tried to use Chris Johnson in the same way with not particularly successful results. Um, you know, empty backfield and Chris Johnson's the guy you're throwing to. Um, yeah, it's not not going to work too well. I think um, the but, the bottom line is the running back position is fucked up at the moment. Nobody nobody seems to just use a running back. Probably about three teams do it. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the future is for the running back position. Well, it makes sense if you've got quarterbacks that can throw five hundred yards a game. Why do you want a player that does three yards a carry? You know, it doesn't doesn't get the job done in the same manner, does it? No, but I guess the argument is that it's the the running backs that do those three yards a game that allows the quarterback to to get that kind of yardage by at least having the threat of the run game. But, but to it's mean not that they so, can't just pile into him every time. It's not so much anymore with the spread offenses, is it? It's a numbers. Less, it's a numbers yeah, thing, um, and potentially what you're seeing is with with the standard of O line play slipping because of the spread offenses that the, the O lines aren't designed to make running holes anymore. They're designed to be quick on their feet and and shepherd people and make a pocket. They're not designed to be the big fat guys that just bust holes all the time. They're you know their their function is different now. Yeah. And you saw a little bit of different um, QB play and someone that you can't criticise for having a good game, unfortunately, again, was Tom Brady. Um, that Pats offence mm. looking pretty stellar as normal. Um, another five-touchdown performance from um, the Dark Destroyer. But this game was a lot closer than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he, he plays for Chicago now. Um, New England, even. This game was much closer than a lot of people thought. Um Texans, are they better than we thought they were? Or is, is that Pat's D just not up to the standard of recent seasons? Did a lot a lot of it a lot of the Texans' success came from their own defence though. Um certainly early. They got to Brady. Um he's turning turned the ball over. Um you know, the Clown, Clowney, whose name nearly escaped me for a moment, Jadavian Clowney uh, ran one back. Um it was sort of a fumble slash interception, didn't really matter which it was. Um, that put New England on the back foot, and it's much more. Then it obviously becomes much easier for their offense when their nose is slightly in front to to do what they like. And uh, Watson looks good. Uh, it's obviously the key position for any team. Suddenly they seem to have somebody who looks like he knows what he's doing. So I think they're they're better than expected. If they had a head coach who knew clock management for the end of the game, they might have even have got something out of it. <laughs> that's true enough is this is this another team that struggles with their their running game at the middle Lamar Miller only 56 yards hasn't set the world alight um, would they would they do something if they had a bit more of a running game I think you're going to see Donta Foreman come more to the forefront 
he he certainly had a bigger a bigger role. Lamar Miller's never been a superstar back though, has he? He got a big payday on the back of about three performances for the Dolphins. So, I, it's weird because you would expect a team that has a rookie quarterback to be better at running the ball, but they're not. So it's all going to be on Watson, and and he seems to be grasping the opportunity with both hands. I got my Deshaun's wrong. I, I thought Kaiser was the guy. He's not. Um, Watson well, is. Kaiser hasn't had an opportunity, to be fair to him. He, has, he hasn't played. Um, so, uh, I thought yeah, for a second, sorry, I'm completely confused. I thought you were talking about the Chiefs guy. No. Um, Kaiser, yeah, <laughs> no, just, Kaiser's played a little bit. Don't, don't cut that out. I don't deserve it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to. He wasn't going <laughs> to. So do you, what do you reckon moving into the future? Is that Are you high on the Texans at the moment with, with Watson and that defence? Can they do something? Could they repeat and get to the, back to the playoffs again? No, because I think there's better teams in their division this year than there were last the last couple of years. I think, um, I think that's probably a fair comment. Adam, your Titans Adam? are better and, and the Jags are better as well. I don't know. I th- I'd like to think so, obviously. Um, the Jags, are, I'm not going to get too hysterical about how convincingly they won on Sunday. Um, you know, there more are things, more things going on there. Um, we'll see. I, I, the Jags' defense is, is strong. Um, and so it should be, the amount of draft picks that they've yeah, had yeah, in that recent. It should have been for a while now. Yeah. But I, I think the Texans, the AFC South is going to be more interesting and competitive than a lot of people thought um I, I find it hard to hard to call that i mean a big game coming up the titans are going to houston this weekend and that's that's a tough place it's a tough place for anyone to go um my gut says the titans might struggle just from history in that stadium um could be you know the texans win that one um you've got to take them seriously I think that's a fair shout. Another team that I think we also need to start taking very seriously is is Minnesota. Um, they're D putting in an incredible performance. And then you, you, your concern going into this game was the offense, especially with Sam Bradford out. But fuck me, where did Case Keenum come from? Are, are, are these Vikings a contender? He came from the Rams. I think he was at the Bills as well for a while. Um, but... Yeah, he, he came to play, and my word, 300-plus yeah. yards, incredible performance. And with those two weapons at wide receivers, who I think are the second and third highest scoring or highest yardage receivers in the league at the moment, um, they're, they're looking good at the minute, aren't they? They found themselves a running back as well, haven't they? Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it, that shocked me. I, I did not see... Anything like that performance coming without Bradford? Um, we were talking last week, I think, about what they're going to do at QB. Is uh, are they waiting for Teddy to come back if Sam's not going to be fit? Um, I don't know if it's a reflection on uh, is as Keenum suddenly become a superstar overnight. I doubt it. Um, it's probably more a reflection of everything that's around him. Um, he was able to put in a performance like that. I think if you're t- you're talking about having to. 
you know, you need a QB, a couple of decent wide receivers, running back and a strong defense to mount any kind of a challenge behind what is a much better offensive line this year than it was in the second half of last year. They seem to have all the ingredients at the moment. And like you rightly said, last week, you but you boys were talking about how... Um, and we've talked a lot about the Bucks and how they look like this really exciting team moving forward with all the with all the weapons that they've got. And you've already got Mike Evans on the sideline throwing a fit because he's he's James Winston's missing passes. Um, I think the Vikings are looking at a decent playoff front based on this kind of performance. Obviously, a long way to go, and injuries can cause some concerns. But fuck me, they look good in this game. Brad Bradford was day to day, wasn't he? So he's not far off. I, th- I thought they were talking about six weeks. Well, I read reports last week that he was day-to-day and there was a chance he might okay. have played last week. You reckon he comes back if he's fit for next for next game? He's, as soon as he's fit, he's back. No doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, my concern with him isn't so much what they're saying, it's his injury history and it's the knee again. I don't, I don't, actually, I don't actually know if it's the same leg, but players with that, where they've had a serious knee injury, you, you do wonder if they're being touted as a day-to-day how serious it actually is um you know, I, might, I might be wrong he might be back next week and be fine but you just sense or fear for him uh, again as we as we touched on last week you don't you don't like to see it but players are never you know, a serious ACL or something they're never quite the same and Tampa Bay they've been they've been quite a sexy pick going into this season um James Winston making some questionable decisions. Again, we've we've, we've talked about it already for a couple of teams, but at the minute, absolutely zero running game from them. Jaquiz Rogers, their their highest rusher with 15 yards. Um, They've got those weapons, but Mike Evans kept uh, only only 67 yards. You you got any worries about them? Do you think they'll come good? He throws too many picks, but I do think that they'll be all right. I mean, the Raiders laid an egg this week. I think every team's got it in them. You know, they had a long time to prepare for that first game against the Bears and they, they showed up and tore them a new arsehole. They came back down to earth this week, but I think I don't think all of a sudden they're a terrible team. I just think they had a bad week. So what you're saying is that the minutes are really up and down league and it's really difficult to predict anything. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, <laughs> nice. Sam Bradford's got a bone bruise. They're going to try and get him ready for Sunday, by the way. I'm just reading the okay, analysis. Fair well then, if, you know... It, Potentially, it makes the Vikings even stronger. How about Case Keenan to be one of those ridiculous pickups for another team on the back of one performance? Sam yeah. Bradford, you can see it, can't you? The Texans, probably. Um, you never know. That may that... come up somewhere along the line in this podcast. <laughs> um, so, look, they're the four games that I think that um, we, we most wanted to cover. So many incredible finishes. You, you've talked about the the Rams and the Niners, um, the finish for the, the 61 year old, 61 yard field goal in the in the Philly uh, Giants game. That was another brilliant game. Anything else that's particularly caught your eyes this week, boys? Adam, Adam, I know you wanted to to have a little word about um, everyone's favourite corner, Mr. Richard Sherman. What a I've. I'm going to save you the trouble of getting a sound effect, Doug, and not say it. What, what, uh, honestly, I mean, how that man doesn't just get killed by somebody, I do not know. I mean, it's I'm. he's probably not as much on my radar as fans of NFC teams or fans of teams in the NFC West who have to come up against that sort of behaviour like twice a season. I mean, he he committed three penalties on one play, three different penalties um the only reason he wasn't ejected was a technicality on the fact that 
it was offsetting penalties. unnecessary roughness. Penalties. Well, well, that and as well as it being a different type of penalty, um, that offsetting call was ridiculous. But I mean, his just his demeanour, his attitude, the lack of respect in which he treats the officials. Like he's somehow above above the rest of the league. He's the best corner in the game, so he. I don't know if you know. He went to Stanford as well. His way. <laughs> um, just the and that cheap shot. I'm sorry, you do not. You do not do that. That cheap shot on Marcus Mariota just. I mean, angered me so much. The fact, the fact, he, it wasn't penalised. The te- the Titans didn't even get the yardage he gained on that play because of offsetting penalties. Um, which, by the way, I don't regret. Taylor Lewan's response I thought was brilliant I also loved Mike Malarkey coming out and defending defending him doing that saying I'd much rather my teammates stood up for him than ignored it um, you know, he's, he's happy to take the penalty off for that cause um, he should have been thrown out the game um, for the three offences initially really um, it was it was called as Pass interference. So the the play, the first play I'm talking about with the three flags, um, there was an interception that was called back because of uh, PI. Um, however, the PI was on Decker um, while his teammate, I forget who it was, um, caught the interception. He then proceeded to basically beat Decker up, which was construed as holding. Um, but he was just he was just laying into him. If you look at it. Um, that is that is not holding, and then then he throws his nut at the official for calling the thing in the first place, which is the most blatant call anyway. Um, just don't stop behaving like that. He's, he's got an entitlement he's, problem. The guy he's 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 just a complete prick, um, and unfortunately, he's got a big mouth, so everyone knows who he is. And he's the, he's the best corner in the game, so uh, he's that's that's what he deserves. Can't stop the Seahawks being a bit shit, though, can he? No, except the Chiefs have got two that are better than him, but whatever. They're his words, not mine, when I say it's the best corner in the game. Of course they're his words. Of course they are. (laughs) Not my words, Doug. The words of Top Gear magazine. (laughs) Progress uphills is laboured at best. (laughs) Doug, anything you want to bring to the party? Uh, Yeah, you, you know, we had a bit of a... Everyone just gets into this, I every, want you to sit down, relax, get a beer, because Doug is going to go on a Doug rant. Everyone's favourite estate agent slash NFL pundit, Neil Reynolds, um, tweeted out today. Neil, Neil's not listening. Listen, Neil, Neil's not welcome. listening. He's, he's above us. He wouldn't, do, he wouldn't deign to stoop to the levels of uh, amateur podcasting. He's a professional broadcaster, don't you know, in his spare time. Um. His tweet was, we pack our stadiums, our, what does that even mean? Like it's like it's Neil Reynolds Stadium. We know our stuff. We love the NFL. Why shouldn't we deserve the games we get? This makes, that, that tweet makes no sense, by the way. Like if you read it, the syntax of it is just awful. Um, he followed it up with, there are franchises in the US with empty seats. UK fans deserve, again, NFL as much as those in the US. Sometimes more. Wow. Have you ever heard of such a sanctimonious, arrogant tweet or, or such an entitled... The guy has tweeted that out because he has a vested interest in NFL games coming to the UK. Yeah, he gets jobs off the back exactly. of it. Exactly. 
how can he say that we deserve NFL? Like, we don't deserve NFL games just because there are a few empty seats in a stadium in California. That's like saying Arsenal don't deserve home games because they've got <laughs> empty seats at the Emirates when they're playing Stoke. It's ridiculous. There are people that go to those stadiums that go, regardless of how good the teams are, regardless of how much it costs, regardless of whether their team has moved from one part of the state to the other, from one state completely different to the other, they go to those games. It is there. It's been in their family for years. They go and they, and then just because a few pasty fat white guys decide that they want a game in England, they go, all right, we'll let them do it. Don't worry about it. And everyone over here has this complex now that they're like, well, we deserve NFL games. We don't. We absolutely don't. In fact, anyone of a fan of another sport, whether it be cricket, rugby, football, whatever, if the Northampton Saints decided they were going to take a home game to America and I was a season ticket holder, I'd be absolutely fuming. It's a US league. The teams play in America. We don't deserve any of it. We're taking it away from their true fans. The only reason it comes here is because they make a quick buck. That's it. A couple of things. Firstly, we kind of had a similar discussion a couple of weeks ago that went off on a tangent. It did. And, 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 Secondly. I, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because Neil Reynolds' tweets no, I, are just I, so... I know. I, I know what fire... To give... I don't agree, as we know, as, I've, as I said. Um, I... To give some context to what fired Neil Reynolds up was uh, John Harbour's comments essentially blaming the defeat on the fact that he had to stay in a hotel more than three miles from Wembley or wherever it was. Um, the other thing, yeah, we did this to death. Also, we're not, we're, we're not talking, just to be clear, um, as per last week, we're not talking about the London games, we're talking about the wider issue, just to, just in case you're switch off don't panic we're not going to preview whoever the hell's playing i'm, I'm talking about this this you know, this continued growth of entitlement that nfl fans in the uk have like you're not entitled to anything if the nfl decided tomorrow they weren't going to play any more games your opinion wouldn't count believe me <laughs> i'm going to combine this with a plug for your mall over podcast doug um but you were talking about the uh it might have been last week the game that went on in Philadelphia, the rugby rugby match, which had in front of no one publicity in front of no one, um, and I think it was Phil who started to the way the way he was talking reminded me of the way Americans talk about NFL coming here, um, and it was interesting hearing those those views with the the boot on the other foot. So I, I could kind of it's much easier to see where someone's coming from when they're they or compatriot or whatever. Um, I mean, I, I deserve, I think is the wrong word. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't go so far as to say I, I'm entitled to NFL games over here. Um, I love them coming over here. Um, it's, it's great to get the opportunity to go and watch one of my favorite sports in the world live without having to fly 4,000 miles to do it. Um, I don't feel I entitled to them. I don't feel like I don't deserve them, though. That seems a strange, strange way of looking at it. So anyway, look, I think I think we all we know is that Neil Reynolds needs to stick to some louses and um, not pipe up quite so much on Twitter about um, about about this game. Well, I think uh, and also, 
Also, if you get into a row with me on Twitter, as soon as it starts to feel like a row, I just bow out. So don't try and roll me up. <laughs> a couple of people tried today and I just said, all right, fellow, I don't agree with you. See you later. Cheers. All right, young Dougie. Oh, what a prick he was. <laughs> what a prick he was. Go, I, go check it out on Twitter. It's hilarious. Is, is there a better, is there a, is there a more becoming place for him to work than talk sport? No. It just oh, isn't. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it. Let's let's stick. You see him? Uh, what a, what a fucking books. fringe that bloke was. <laughs> week three in the books, um, the, and so there's only just, one just, way. Just, just remind me which which ne- which TV network in this country cover all the NFL games. Uh, Sky, why? Yeah, and which which radio station cover all the NFL games this year? Tour Sport. Right, well, just just to just to clarify those yeah. two things. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, fucking both. He never got back um, to me after that. After my tweet to him, by the way. <laughs> week four is uh, week four is coming up. We've got uh, in in the way that we only know how to to preview these guys. We've got some one set, one sentence previews, and this obviously, as every week, is going to be done in one take. Um, and we're going to use make... this, we're going to use the same song again, Mark. Are we? I, I was going to request we had like the the theme tune from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog or something like that. Well, we've had that before. We've had that before, so, mate. So well, we have the same song every for the last three weeks or something. That's, so why does that matter? Let me, let me go back through my let me go back through my jingles folder and see if I've got it. Good man. Right, so it's uh, let's get these on week four one sentence previews. Here we go. Bears at Packers. Based on what we saw from both teams on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers will be relieved. This one's a Thursday night game. Saints at Dolphins. Titans at Texans. The Texans are hard to work out right now, and my heart says the Titans win, even if my gut isn't so sure. Jaguars and Jets. The Jets have secured one more win than I thought they'd managed this year. Every chance that was it, though. Sorry, Craig. Panthers at Patriots. A crap D via a crap O. One has to come out on top. Lions at Vikings. Case Keenum, MVP. Bills at Falcons. Bills may have only given up two touchdowns in their first three games, but I still fully expect the Dirty Birds to battle. Steelers at Ravens. A classic rivalry. Two teams that do not like each other, both coming off bad losses with points to prove. Could be a belter. Bengals at Browns. A violent clash of orange and an even less whelming clash of two over three teams. First tie of the year, don't bet against it. Rams and Cowboys. Are the Rams just flat track bullies? Big test to see how good this improving offense actually is. Eagles at Chargers. The NFL's luckiest team so far goes on the road to the unluckiest. The Eagles can't win again, surely. Giants at Bucks. Giants need a miracle already. Lose this, and they're as good as done for the year. 49ers at Cardinals. Two teams trending in opposite directions. Watch this, if only to appreciate the genius of Fitz while you still can. Raiders at Broncos. Let's hope these two both had blips last week on the East Coast, because this should be a cracker. Colts at Seahawks. Hawks O shows signs of life. Colts crash back to earth at the clink. And finally, Redskins at Chiefs. Monday Night Lights. The Chiefs are a national draw these days. I thought that was pretty good, boys. I, I, that didn't go too badly this week, did it? One take, as always. Yeah, and just assume that if it's not the Sonic the Hedgehog theme, I didn't have it in my folder. <laughs> you mean you don't just make it up on the spot? I'm disappointed. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I, I have... I have like the Sonic the Hedgehog theme. <laughs> I have access to every song in instrumental form ever written. Please <laughs> to hear it. Anyway, that was your one-sentence previews for week four. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I reckon it's time to go over it. Big Ben, Bill Ben, Tyrell Taylor, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Fat Rob, Little Boy, Defensive Players of Idiot.
So fantasy football, um, week three, as, as similar to the games, it's proving as, as hard to call as I've ever seen it from a fantasy point of view. Um, especially you look at, you look in the QB position at the moment and some of the people that are performing and underperforming really baffles me. A bit of a, a crazy stat for you. 17 of the 32 QBs um, last week scored more than 17 points. 15 of them scored more than 20. And yet, you've got some QBs that you would expect to be pulling up trees, really not performing. Um, a bit of a list for you to, we're going to, we're going to go through and uh, I want you to give me your thoughts from, on them from a fantasy perspective. Derek Carr in standard scoring, he managed five points in week three. Are you, are you a bit scared for him at the moment or is this just a blip? I'm, I'm remaining positive if only because I traded away Aaron Rodgers because I was confident of Derek Carr being able to replicate his performances. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I despite his performance in the in the long snapper podcast league where I start him, um, I still managed to get my first win of the season, which I'm happy about, which is one more win than both you, Doug, and Craig have managed so far this season. Yeah, yeah, there's some, not me though. Um, not me. Yeah, all right, shut up, Adam. Right, humble brag. Uh a blip for me. There's no way that yeah, offense with with those with those receivers and the tight end are, are gonna lay an egg like that again. I mean, it, it, the, as I, as I touched on the one sentence preview, um, they've gone coast to coast. I'm, I'm not saying that that's an excuse in this day and age. Um, Denver, well, they're not quite on the west coast, are they? The geography. I should go to you, Doug. You know your US geography. Denver's about fifty-five there. miles away from Oakland. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I've cut, cut them some slack. If I, I, I like to think it's a blip. I mean, if if you see another couple of performances like that. You know, maybe start to be a bit concerned. They're going to Denver, aren't they? So that's not going to be an easy trip either um, this week. Um, but I'm I'm not panicking yet, and I don't, I don't think you should be too concerned, Doug, about <laughs> trading Rogers away. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's see how he does. Let's have this conversation in week six, and I think we'll be we'll be talking about him being back on track. So fifth best in standard scoring, fifth best quarterback in, in week three was Mr. Blake Bortles. Um, is he someone, I can't believe he's picked up in that many leagues. Is he someone we want people want to start looking at? Um, Are you going to start Blake Bortles, Mark? I'm not going to start Blake Bortles, Doug, no. Adam, Are you? Are you going no. to start Blake Bortles, even if your quarterback was on a bye? That's, that's, that's ludicrous. <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous. I love that. And well, yeah, my, and yeah, and yeah. We, we, we say this, Blake Balls, and we've absolutely already, everyone has dismissed that you would start Blake Balls. Yet he is ahead of, in standard scoring on the season for quarterbacks, he is ahead of Tyrod Taylor, Carson Palmer, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, who we've already said is coming good, um, Eli Manning, Phil Rivers. I could go on. Have um, you been so, on, Mark, have you been on the Twitter account, Blake Bortles Facts, to get I, that information? No, I've, that is I've, one of my favourite things at the moment. Uh, have a look if you if you follow me, you've probably seen some of the retweets. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I would do it and injustice if I tried to repeat some Blake Bortles facts right now. But um, find that on Twitter. So why so why wouldn't you start him if he he's ahead of all those guys? Because he's Blake Bortles, of, man. Right, fair enough. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, so I've mentioned him already. Deshaun Watson looked like he was doing well um, in the game from an NFL perspective. From a fantasy perspective, is he someone you want to have a look at? I think so. 
I think he's interesting. I think uh, he's got that mix of being able to run, a, run about a bit, score some points with his feet, seems to look after the ball nicely, and he's got a couple of decent weapons as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely think he's someone to look at for, the, for your bye week. Eighth-ranked quarterback so far, if you go on just the last two weeks, if you consider that he didn't start the first game, um, just based on the last two weeks, he would be um, eighth-eighth scorer of all QBs. I would consider starting him if you're... I mean, it depends who else you've got. If if you don't like the look of your QBs matchup this week, I'd I'd throw him in there. I don't don't think it's the worst matchup against the Titans' defence for him to do quite well. Um, but I've seen enough signs that that he's he's good. You know, he's he's going to score points. Who's so got him in the you, Who's got him in the long snap league? I have no idea. Mm. I will come back to me. I'll uh, have a look. Well, I think it's yeah. I think it's Dougie, and uh, I think he's starting him this week. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a prick! You you had me. <laughs> Uh, unbelievable it's not unbelievable <laughs> no it's not <laughs> so from someone that you might be looking to pick up from someone that you probably ought to be looking to drop now phil rivers he's he's becoming a bit of an interception machine um is he is it time to move on from someone who has been a consistently good fancy scorer over the last three or four years um where, where is he at the moment i again going back to Commuting from LA if you're listening to the news. (laughs) Good point. I missed that. Um, He he was playing on Sunday against an incredibly good defense, and uh, it's it's easy to miss if you're looking at a few highlights because he he threw some interceptions. They were bombs because he had to try something. Um, Kansas City were just shutting down everything else, and so he had to take some risks. They were losing. Um, The numbers didn't look good. Um, I think they've been a bit unlucky, the Chargers. They've got some issues. Um, but yeah, what might go against keeping Rivers in your in your fantasy side is their, their schedule. Um, it's it's tough for those AFC West teams this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably not starting him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I don't think it's that's got, really his fault. He's got 20 points on average in the first two weeks. But, yeah, you lay, a, you lay an egg like that last week and uh, you do start to wonder. Yeah, three and a half points. It's um, tricky, isn't it? Um, finally, on, um, finally on quarterback, similar kind of vein, Cam Newton. What the fuck is going on with that guy, man? Um, is he still a starting fantasy quarterback? He's averaging under 11 points a game at the moment. Not, not, until, they, not until they sort out their offence. They, 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 their offense is directionless at the moment. I was listening to Bill Simmons in the week. I, I know that um, our old guest Neil Dutton, not a fan of Bill Simmons. I think I love I, lo- I love um, all of his podcasts. But he was saying that it seems since that Super Bowl against Denver, where they just smashed him to pieces, he's he's never recovered. To, never recovered. He doesn't step up into the pocket. He doesn't look to run as often as he used to. He's seen, it's almost like he's got the yips. Yeah, he needs to. Is he throwing off the back foot a bit as well? I, I think like, they all do that, don't they? They're all good enough to do it anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it just doesn't doesn't quite look right. Well, he's no, never I... been the most. I mean, you wouldn't look at Cam Newton and go, "There's, there's your 
prototype quarterback, would you? You'd look at him and go, that guy shouldn't, you know, that, that guy's a bit weird. <laughs> like, yeah, look how massive fair. he is and look how agile he is, you know. So, but, Doug, would you start Cam Newton? No, no, no. Ad- Adam? No, not at the moment. No. I'm, a, I'm agreeing with Doug on almost all of these, which is disturbing. But <laughs> So a winch from me, um, just having a quick, really quick look at some running backs. I had Todd Gurley all last year. <laughs> all last year I had Todd Gurley and that guy couldn't break a tackle, did fuck all and was, I think I, in, a, in an auction draft, I think I spent like nearly 70 bucks on him and he did nothing. Wouldn't touch him this year and he looks like, a, a totally different player. What, what's the what's the difference with him at the moment? Is it all down to Goff being a little bit more of a threat? No, it's down to coaching, and it makes you wonder how many players have lost their career due to bad coaching or bad situations. <laughs> the Jeff yeah. Fisher effect. Yeah, the the amount of players uh, like think of quarterbacks that just land with a bad coach in their rookie year and never recover. You know how many of them if they if they land on under the right coach go on and succeed. Um, and I think Gurley with Fisher just, it was never a, never a good match, was it? Jared Goff looks completely different. I mean, talking about quarterbacks, Jared Goff's someone that started to look like a, yeah. you know, an NFL quarterback now. Whereas last year, he looked like a rabbit in headlights. So. Let's see how they do against the Cowboys. Uh, as, again, as you said in the one census preview, um, yeah, they've they've not been up against the best quite yet. Uh, they play what the Colts, the Forty Niners. Um, let's see them against a better team. See what we think. So, who would have predicted the top seven running backs in fantasy football being Ty Montgomery, Carlos Hyde, Leonard Fournette? Fair enough. Devonta Freeman, then Chris Thompson, Todd Gurley, and the guy who's leading all players in scoring at the moment, Kareem Hunt. How long is that run going to keep going? Well, he'll have nine thousand yards if he carries on like this. <laughs> so long may it continue. Um, I don't, I don't you, know. Got... You look at some of the holes those chief O line were making. There's, there's no reason it won't continue. Hunt's, Hunt's not getting touched. I'm not. Yeah. He, just, he just looks quicker. Be... He was, looks quicker yeah. than everybody else. That there, you, this there was season, a, He just looks like he's got an extra gear. There was a photo on Twitter, uh, one of the runs he had last week, where they took took a still frame of it and they lined up. You could fit five Kareem Hunts through the gap that the offensive line was making. So, you know. That's going to help. I yeah, it's going to really get some help. You know. out of there. That O-line's got some... Couldn't fit you know. five Eddie Laces. I know that much. <laughs> five Kareem Hunts or 0.4 Eddie Laces. <laughs> um, finally, quick, Adam, do you want to give us a quick update on the Survivor Group? How are we, uh, how are we doing there? I've covered Pickham, uh, by the way, as anyone who's leading Pickham's an idiot, as, we, as I said. Survivor... This is, again, symptomatic of how bizarre a lot of the results have been. There are only two people at 3-0 in our who, who, are, who are those people, Adam? Tell me. Uh, I've, I'm not sure. I need, to, I need to get back to you on that. Um, Russ <laughs> could, was one of them. I can tell you. Russ I can tell, I can tell one. you. One of, them, was one, of them, one of them's asking you the question. But Russ was one. I, I, don't, know, I don't know the other. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, but I mean, if you put enough monkeys in a room, sooner or later they'll type out a Shakespeare book, won't they? That's what's yeah. happening with Russ. <laughs> it's true enough. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think that's enough fancy. Let's get the fuck out of it. And the tens of listeners who are out there. Great internet quality there from Mark. You know Doug will not miss an opportunity to blow his own trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll about do us for the, uh, for the football for this week. Um, it's time for us to get to the bit that you 
you know, this is why everyone listens to the, the Long Snap podcast for, and it, you know, everyone wants a bit of AOB. Um, who wants to kick us off this week? I'll, I'll go if you like. Yeah. Uh, well, nobody likes, come on. Um, <laughs> um, just a little bit of light relief I've got. Um, there's a story that caught my eye. Masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even lighter. Um, I, I, I tweeted out this tweet from the Long Snapper account a few days ago, and it was about Sammy Watkins. I'll tell you what, Mark, you have let go one of the cleverest people who's ever walked the earth. Um, <laughs> now, now he's at the Rams. He's come out and said that he, he believes the earth is flat. Um, I don't actually know for certain if this is true um, or if he, he was joking, or but he's, he's now a member of the Flat Earth Society. Um, so, someone else entirely separately to this drew my attention today to the rapper B.O.B. Have you heard of a rapper called Bob? I don't, I don't know, some rapper uh, who is firmly, he's uh, got a crowdfunding thing going to get research done into his belief that the earth is, is flat. Um, if you're, so I'm just having a look at, into this and how seriously these people are taking it. There's a, a website, tfes.org, tfes the Flat Earth Society, um, all their scientific arguments. Um, you look at a map of the world, according to the Flat Earth Society, it's just a big, it's not a sphere, obviously, it's a circle. And the outside of the circle is Antarctica. You've got the Arctic in the middle. Everything's obviously misshapen. They believe um, that the edge of the circle is the Antarctic ice shelf, and that's where the world ends. Um, you can go... That's where Scott of- went. <laughs> yeah, right. Frequently asked questions on the Flat Earth Society website. This is good. The first. Are you guys on crack? <laughs> You're not far away. If first not, what are you on? <laughs> literally, FAQ. First question: Is this site a joke? Is <laughs> <laughs> their oh answer? Is their answer? This site is not a joke. We are actively promoting the Flat Earth movement worldwide. There are admittedly several non-serious flat earth posters, but they are fairly easy to identify. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What does the earth look like? How is circumnavigation possible? As seen in the diagrams, the earth is in the form of a disc with the North Pole in the center and Antarctica as a wall around the edge. This is a generally accepted model among members of the society. In this model, circumnavigation is performed by moving in a great circle around the North Pole. Oh, easy. So not, not in a straight line. How do you explain day-night cycles and seasons? Day and night cycles are easily explained on the flat Earth. <laughs> the sun moves in circles around the North Pole. <laughs> when it is over your head, it's day. When it's not, it's night. Wow. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> the sun acts as a spotlight and shines downward as it moves. Um, you can see lots of animated GIFs on this if, you, if you're if you so inclined. I think you need to chuck this link up on the Twitter account, Adam. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. Get that um, it is incredible. I mean, as a, as a passenger on an aircraft, as a passenger on an aircraft, how is it I can see the curvature of the Earth? Quite simply, you cannot. <laughs> okay. You can't. That just says, can't. This is all we need to know. <laughs> nice. There you go. Um, I'll go. Um, a quick warning for everyone. Can I, can I go um, next? Sorry, Mark. Sorry, because mine. If you, if you dash, if you, dash, no, just just because mine links quite nicely in with the flat Earth Society thing. I wanted to pay tribute to Cassini. I didn't do it last week. 
a 25, 30 year mission to go and explore Saturn. And many, many hours in car parks while I've been at work have been spent just flicking through photos and bits and bobs that Cassini did and took photos of Titan's nature. What, what shape is Saturn? Saturn is flat, mate. It is flat. Oh, okay. Good. I've, got, I've got, it's a, it's a flat expanse of uh, gas. It's a disc. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing stuff like Titan's rivers and the ring system and all that. And it's a little bit sad because ultimately 30 years of explore, exploration in an era, you know, we, we didn't grow up in the era of great exploration, did we? We didn't grow up in that era of the first man to climb Everest and the first person to walk to the flat edge of the world. Um, <laughs> but we did live in an era where we, we found out a lot about a planet that you can look up for a pair of binoculars and see. And, you know, it was sad that Cassini probe plummeted to its fiery death into the upper atmosphere of, of, of Saturn. And um, it will probably be not in our children's lifetime that another mission like that happens. So, um, yeah, not a rant, but just an ode to a tiny little metal probe. Yeah. That was profound, and I, I, the, although I'm a bit concerned that because you said in their Titans Rivers that Adam will panic a little bit that they've um, gone after <laughs> Phil Rivers. <laughs> nearly, nearly had him two or three years ago. That was that was on the cards for a while. Um, so to finish off, um, I am going to have a little bit of a rant about a company called Parking Eye. You might be familiar with these cunts. Um, <laughs> they are. They are the company that runs a lot of private car parks around the country. Uh, now, me and the family were away over the summer in Cornwall, and um, we went to Newquay on the last day back and pulled up in the car park. And as you always do, you, you guys know, kids out the car, um, which takes its time. Went and, bought a, went and bought a ticket, spent our time in Newquay, came back, got the kids back into the car, left the car park. Thought, no, thought nothing else of it. All is good. Um, we received a letter uh, back end of last week informing us that we had not paid for the parking that we had paid for um and and the, for the amount of time that we'd been in the car park and that we were instructed we had to pay a hundred pound fine because we had spent 12 minutes too long in the car park because they charge you from the second you drive into the car park to the second you leave the car park rather than from when you actually buy the ticket despite the fact that they don't say that anywhere on their signage um it, what kind of wank stain company treats its customers in that way? So if you ever go near a car park that's run by Parking Eye, be aware that they're bastards and they're criminals and they will try and rinse you of your money. So they need to go and fuck themselves. Agreed. So on that cheery note, on that cheery note um, if oh, you I just wanted to this, say, Mark, Mark, sorry, just wanted to say, um, I'm on a personal crusade against Donald Trump at the moment. Every time he tweets, I just write, you are a penis underneath it. I've noticed that. If anyone wants to do that with me, feel free. It'd be great. Do that with you. Well, every time you tweet, they write, no, that's not what you meant, was it? Or if every time you see me replying to Donald Trump with, you are a penis, just, just put, I heartily agree underneath it. Yeah. Hashtag, you are a penis. I'll if you want to see what... you're not the only person doing that. Mark just wants to wrap the show up and we just keep butting in. I really do, yeah. How long can we keep uh, it going? Before, hold on, before you go, Mark. <laughs> 
If you do want to see more of that stuff on Twitter, um, then as I said at the beginning of the show, at Long Snap Pod. Um, don't bother with Facebook. Adam might do us another blog at some stage, uh, and you can find that on longsnapperpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Do you boys want to chuck out your own personal Twitter handles that people can follow? Adam? At ADFoxcroft. At Chinese no. underscore Lensman. It's not racist. And I'm. This is Spark. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Um, I hope you've enjoyed episode fifty-one. Um, bring on week four. Let's hope it's another belter. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers.